Sten Morgan here. I hope you're doing well. I want to announce that we are launching the How to Be an Elite Advisor course. We are combining all of our best teachings and ideas into a course that you can complete in less than a week. I want to share with you the best ideas that I implement within my practice that have helped me achieve more than I ever thought possible. I want to share how I have unique meetings with clients. What's the mindset of an elite advisor? How do you prospect in a way that'll separate you from other advisors? At the Elite Advisor Network, we reject average. I want to help you see what your full potential is and reach it faster. Set time aside this week to take the course. Click on the link or go visit gobeelite.com. I'll talk to you soon. Andy, we're going to talk about more clients. More how do, clients. How do you get more clients? Because we know, as financial advisors, more clients will always solve our problems. Uh, I, kid, I kid when I say that. Because uh, there's a lot of things that we help advisors with coaching from running a better business. You know, Are you leading your team well? But advisors always come back to. They always ask. We're all thinking it. I know as you listen, this would help your business. How do we get more of the right clients? So we're going to unpack that today really practically. That's a theme we will always talk about for our coaching community yeah. because it's a question advisors will have till the end of time. But I want to get really practical with it today. Yeah, we are going to get really practical. And we do know that this is a very, uh, this is a topic that people are very interested in because we can look at our download stats and I just have to look <laughs> leads, prospecting, clients, I search for that word. Yep. And, and those will always be at the top. And I do appreciate you pointing out with a bit of sarcasm that, that will not solve all your problems, right? If you run a poor business, it actually will just accelerate it if you get more clients because more people find out you're not that good. Yeah. Or a lot of the wrong, not profitable clients. Yeah, you'll get more of the wrong people. Yeah, right. And that's a, if it creates short term activity, which feels good to some degree, uh, but long term frustration. Right. So we're going to talk about how to prospect specifically, specifically for planning clients. Uh, and there are really th sort of three stages, the internal, the external, and then beyond the external, sort of the advanced methods of prospecting. But internally... Let me clarify real quick. Yeah. When we say planning clients, depending on how many episodes you've listened to of our podcast and how much you know about us, most advisors, and I'm an advisor, so I include myself uh, in this population years ago where we all do planning. We're all planners. When we talk about planning clients, we mean people that you are actually charging a fee for your time and ideas. So there's a difference between giving planning away and hoping you sell stuff. When we say getting planning clients, what we mean is you're attracting people that know there's a fee to work with you. They know that you have value to bring and they're happy to pay you for it. That is a core of who we are is teaching advisors how to do that well. Right, right. And it's interesting, I, and I appreciate you clarifying that, that these are people who are paying to do business with you. And... I was reminded of this. I literally thought about you on Friday because I was walking into Costco and I was like <laughs> nervously getting out my Costco app to show them because you are not allowed in That's the store. Right. I mean, I feel like a criminal if I don't have my little card ready, Stand right? By, yeah. But you don't, you have to pay to be a customer there. That's right. Right? And it's it's this great metaphor analogy for planning, which is you have to pay to be a customer. Yeah. It is not It is not like most traditional and so that's I what wonder when about. the first time was that somebody was like, wait, a, a store is going to pay me. I have to pay the store to go in to spend money. Yeah. That was probably crazy. Probably to even a crazier degree, the advisor business saying, wait, no, no, no. You give all of that away for free because you want to sell them something. Mm. And so it's, it's, it's amazing, though, that as advisors figure it out. Most people, I know when I go to Costco, I'm happy to be there. Yeah. Like I'm not mad because I feel like I'm getting the value from that 
partnership. Yeah. And we help advisors realize there's clients that want to pay for it. You just have to bring value and then learn to communicate it so that there's a connection of the client being like, of course, I'm going to pay you for that because look what you've done for me. And you attract a certain kind of client that will pay for that. I remember... Yeah, not everyone in the world has a Costco membership. No, <laughs> just no, the, it's, just a, it's a different it. kind of person. It's like, I'm going to pay it. And I'm remembering this, the kind of people that go to Costco generally, my, my experience, don't use coupons to this degree. I remember going to Costco once and trying to use coupons very early on. Like, we don't do coupons here because their prices were already great, mm-hmm. right? So again, it's this it's mentality of when you get a, get a pl- when you get a planning client, it's a kind of client. Yep. It says, I, my, I value my time. I value your time. I will pay for that. I'll pay for your ideas. So to your point, though, the first part of prospecting for planning clients is to have the right language internally and then also to have the systems internally that will that will help you serve planning clients, be it for three months, four months, six months Mm -hmm. or 12 months. But talk about when it comes to prospecting for planning clients, what kind of language do you use now that you didn't use before with clients or with the team? Yeah, I think the with clients, the language is more specific, less general salesy. Like, I think as I look back, the language I used to use is more of, if I summarized it, it was, hey, trust me, I think this is going to work. Hey, if you buy this thing. That's quite, that's quite, a, <laughs> it's quite a pitch. Yeah, you don't really know me. I'm not going to give you any value up front, but I think you have some problems, and I think I have some things you should buy to fix it. Let's, let's work let's, together. Let's dance. Let's, let's dance. Let's hang out. And so now my language is much more specific as far as like, here's who you are. Here's who we work with. Here's some solutions we have. I have an idea. These are your problems. If we work together, here's the potential outcome, give or take. Do you want to work together? Mm -hmm. There's a confidence with that. There's a system behind that. And that's why when we coach advisors, you know, prospecting is just one pillar of the lead advisor network because it is so important. But at times I wait on it. Like I don't want to teach people how to get more people until they know what to do. Yeah, because it's almost dangerous for us to get people hyped up and say, "Go get them!" And then, you know, and this is kind of what our industry does. They did it to me when I was twenty-one. It was like, "You can do this. You're going to make all this money. Don't ask questions about the products. Just go get them." You know, yeah. and then they just like wind you up and turn you loose, and you're just like talking to all your friends and family. I look back now and I'm like, Ugh, "I wish I would have done that different." Oh, I wish I would have learned more about that. I just didn't know any better at the time. So, if you want to be a planner, an elite advisor, that we we say the future advisor has a practice that looks like this: you are a student of the game. So you already have more knowledge than most people out there yeah. in America. And you were able to identify the people that you would best serve with your ideas. And you confidently tell them that there is some type of fee to work with you. And we have AUM clients. We have insurance clients. That business will still come. But there's a meaningful piece of revenue, effort, systems in your practice devoted to delivering ideas okay. and advice. So, so internally, your, your language to yourself about what you do is different, which is I my my time and my ideas have value. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to act like that. I'm going to give some away so that people understand and I can add value to them. It but, lends itself to a more clear process for a client too, because you don't just have open-ended meetings forever until they say yes to buying something. Yeah, You say, here's who we are. Here's what we do. Let's have one or two meetings to learn about each other. Okay, here's what it looks like to work together. Yeah. I wonder what kind of nerve you hit with how many advisors right now who are thinking of the person and this is like kind of sad and tragic of like, how long am I going to have to talk to this person <laughs> before there's an opportunity? Uh, and some people just want to keep talking and talking and talking, right? Or they talk to That was them. probably half of my prospects yeah. when I was a young advisor. Yeah. It was maybe someday this is going to work. I'm going to stick around because I know they have something. 
it's easier for me to sit here and talk to this person I know has something than go to try to find a new person on yeah. my list that may do something faster. Yeah. And I lived in that for a long time. Yeah. So internally, you change the, the language of your team, of your business, and then externally, you're going to, st- and you're going to build out systems to, to help clients when, when you do have an opportunity. Yep. Externally, you're going to speak differently to prospects. You're not going to just say, I'm an advisor. You're going to have enough information to be able to communicate an idea quantify it say as an example this is an idea this is how much it helped this person um maybe there's someone in your situation uh but there's lots of ideas like that that's the external there's a a difference between i'm trying to think of the last time i experienced this where i was at an event a holiday <clears throat> and there's the person you know that sells something and there's always just like oh no i got caught talking to that person or they got me and they're usually excited about what they do, but it's it's in a, it's a very salesy way. I, don't, I can't even put words to it. Versus the person that just loves what they do, they're not, they're there to almost just kind of like say, "This is so exciting! I want everybody to know about it." Yeah, but I don't really have anything. I'm not trying to gain anything. So from let me it. give you a visual of this because I think it's really good. And if you're on YouTube, this will make a little more sense. But uh, if you're watching this, but it's a different. If you take your hands and your palms and you put them up and like you're showing people the number ten. To me, salesy people are like that, and they're just pushing the idea on you, mm. right? And they're saying, like, just, again, think about how most people hold up the number 10, right? And they're saying, I'm so excited about this. And it might even be a good thing, but I'm like, easy, yeah. right? Versus if you put palms up and you just and someone is just talking about what's in front of them, like, man, I have this amazing thing, and it's so great. But the other person feels no pressure to, like, mm. that thing is not being forced upon them. It's just saying, like, let me just show you this awesome thing. Let me give you an example of. Let me, get, and then people can either take it or not take it, but mm-hmm. they never fear forced. Yeah, right. And there's much less. There's no rejection because they're literally just. I'm just going to show you this. Yeah. Oh, I don't like the idea. Okay, well, I was just going to show it to you. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to hand it to you. That's right. Right or force it upon you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's an idea of you. You want people want somebody that's excited about what they do. Yeah, that's passionate about it. Like they yeah. want to feel that. It's not like wow, that job seems hard and you seem sad. Yeah. Like I don't want. I don't want to work with you. But there is this, and I felt it. Like, I remember the the feeling of being somewhere and constantly, like, I need to tell somebody what I do because maybe it turns into something. And you radiate this energy, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And the average path in our business is advisors do that for so long until they finally make enough money and kind of get established enough to where they can just, like, take a breath and relax. And what's amazing is their energy changes, finally, and then they start getting more business. And I remember when I started getting more referrals than I could keep up with, I was like, wow, how amazing would 22-year-old Sten have felt if he had that problem? Yeah. I couldn't have had that problem, though, because I was, I was selling. I, was, I had the frantic kind of anxious energy that was going out versus now. And it helped me that I unlocked planning as like, I don't need to sell you anything to get paid. Like, if I had you value, there's a way to get paid. The yeah. industry didn't tell me that. So as soon as I figured that out, I was like, I don't have to jump to you buying something and signing forms. We can just have a conversation. If it works, there's opportunity even existing at that stage. Yeah, That increased my confidence. And then you step forward to where now you have a thriving business where you're like, hey, I only work with the right people. And then people want to work with you even more. Unfortunately, most advisors, just based on the path they're taught and what the industry accepts as normal, it takes way too long to get there. So on the second half of today's show, I want to talk about sort of your journey in prospecting. You talked about it a little bit, but we want to get really to the spectrum of prospecting, Mm. right? Again, a term you probably haven't heard, but the spectrum of prospecting. And there may be some truth to the idea that you're going to have to probably go through these, but again, elite advisors get through them faster, 
right? Uh, so, you know, there aren't like babies who come out and they start walking. Like they've got to crawl, mm-hmm. right? And they yep. have to fall, right? But but some people can get through that faster than others. Yep. So early on, prospecting for you is just hand-to-hand combat. It is just anyone I know. It's messy, unorganized, just brute force, have to pay the bills just to make it another day in the business. Which there's something about that, you know, about you sit around a table with advisors and you're like, hey, we've, we've all experienced that to some degree. It's hard when an advisor's in the business any longer than a year and they're still feeling that. Like, you got to get in it. You know, you're, whatever you're doing that's hard, like, you have to, you join. I remember when I did concrete construction, it was like, you're new, great, go do the worst stuff. I wasn't like, no, I want to do that skill. I didn't have it yet. So I accept part of that in our business. What I reject is that, that last three to five plus yeah. years of that same frustration and energy. Right. So step one, brute force, you're figuring stuff out the hard way, you're knocking on doors, getting creative, it's not scalable activity. It's activity you want to stop doing as quick as possible, but you still need to do it. Right. Then you can start to know enough people, you can be referable, and you're good enough at what you're doing at that point, hopefully, that you can become referable. I think people realize you're actually going to stay in the business. Mm. So people will observe you. And this is one of those businesses where people are like, hey, good for you. I'm not going to turn my finances over to you. Yeah. But maybe two, three years in, people are like, oh, you're you're real. You're obviously going to, you're somewhat committed to this. You may get some little boost in confidence there. You probably have some more skills. You're more confident how you present yourself. But even then on this spectrum, you know, zero being just ugly, brutal, hand-to-hand combat. You know, by the time you're at two, you have a better idea of what it even means to be an advisor. Yeah. You've done some client business, so you right. can talk about it better. It's more of an organic confidence increase. Sure. There's still not much critical thinking strategy at that point. Okay. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's so very manual. Yeah. Right. Not, probably not trackable to any degree. Right. Yep. Um, well, at that point, you're still, depending on where you're working, they'll tell you just more. Like more is the, the metric, and right. sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. So uh, after you you're starting to get even random referrals, maybe it's like second, third degree referrals mm-hmm. of a friend of a friend, right? Which, which is it's nice. There's other ways to to on, again on the spectrum of prospecting. There's other ways to start to really anchor yourself. Or to maybe even, maybe another way of saying it is sort of put flags and mark your territory so that more people can find out about you. Yep. So there's that, which we'll talk about. And then there's, um, well, let's just dive into that one. So when it comes to maybe having specialties or specific content that is just living and, and breathing and out there, there's a level of investment and excellence that certain people put into prospecting when it comes to creating content books, uh, videos, uh, resources, mm-hmm. you know, calculators, tools, software, that they provide such a, a level of value, mm-hmm. they cannot be ignored, yep. right? So what are some examples of ways that this, this highest level of prospecting when you know enough and um, you, you've got some capital to invest in creating something that will live, that can be passed on, mm-hmm. that will touch thousands upon thousands upon thousands. Yeah. Again, compared to, oh, I have 50 clients and five of them gave me a referral, right? I mean, that's the other spectrum. Yeah, and I think there's definitely kind of degrees between, you know, step one, you know, 
anything and everything, activity all costs, learning a bunch of lessons the hard way to like, hey, I know, have a better idea what I do so I can talk about it. To where maybe you're in networking groups, you know, you are a little more aggressive about telling people what you do and asking them to meet, mm-hmm. trying to hit a certain number of meetings per week. Like that, This is the journey. Eventually, as you establish your business, get enough clients, you afford yourself the right to spend money on content, maybe hire certain people on your team, where the ultimate goal, you know, the, the vision for all of us advisors, when we, I talk to hundreds of them, they will say, Stan, my goal someday is that my business can operate without me. I want to be an advisor. I love helping people, but I don't want to be solely responsible for the success of my business, that every prospect comes mostly from my manual efforts. Yeah. And this is kind of the season legacy is in with me. It's saying, okay, Sten is responsible for so much of our business. What happens if something happens to Sten? Or, hey, Sten would probably want to not work as hard someday. So I want to create value for people that kind of lives and moves without me. And so we're moving into like this content space. If you are a new advisor listening where some firms have taken this is put general posts on LinkedIn. Yeah. Unfortunately, and this is one of those things where you think you're different, but you're not. Like when most advisors, somebody asks them what they do, even if you think you have a cute answer, most advisors are saying all the same thing. And to a client, they don't know the difference. Is your generic posts online, and, and I've yet to be debunked by anybody on this, you may randomly get somebody, but it's probably not getting you extraordinary results yeah. because so many advisors are doing the same stuff. Yeah. And so we're going to like, what is just such valuable meaty content to where when somebody gets it, even if they never interact with you, they're like, well, I'm, I think about money differently now. You will of course build a business model around that to where they have tracks to find you mm-hmm. to do business with you. You will create a funnel over time. This is a longer play that requires people and money, but how can you start creating content that almost you build this library of interaction to where you're dripping on people with automation as opposed to your manual efforts. Right. I, I And I think that there is truth to, you know, you have to hear something again and again and again, and, and you have to see that person really as an authority um, for a long period of time. I, I want to explore at the end here about creating something that is really specialized, you feel like, I'm really passionate about this, I really understand this, and yet there might be other books about this, there might be other trainings, there might be other tools, but I'm going to go and just make my own, because, you know, of all the channels on cable out there, there's there's a lot of people watching a lot of different, I mean, I mean, it's not like, oh, there's just one channel, there's just one kind of car, like, mm-hmm. no, people have different tastes, That's right. different affinities, to, you know, um, and so, how do you pursue... Or what are some, uh, maybe just talk about the size of the things you're, you're starting to really focus in and start to create when it comes yeah. to content. There's a local level where you can leverage your idea partner network, your centers of influence. You can say, I'm going to create something that I have created rapport with people that trust me enough that if I empower them to pass something out or share content, they will. That's difficult because you're asking somebody else who also has a very busy life to create space in their life to help promote you. Yeah. I think there's a place for that. And we're doing some of that now to where we have great idea partners and centers of influence where I'm like, I'm going to empower you with this thing. Sure. And whenever you meet with somebody, just hand it to them, hand it to them. It makes them look good. It adds value. We we believe we can do that well. That's very more targeted. But if I can go after a, a larger audience and so we need to go online. We need to have creative tools. We need to have ad spend. Like it, for us, because we have a great established business with a team, we are now 
going to invest in a bigger way on how do we create, our goal by the end of the year is 30 qualified leads per month coming to Legacy. To do that, it can't be STEM. And so when I'm in the conference room with the team, we're brainstorming ideas. One of the first questions is like, is, is STEM going to be required to make that happen? Then you got to get rid of it because that's just not going to work for where our business is. But as you listen, you may say, hey, Sten, I'm still fully engaged. Like, I'm ready to do it. Well, great. You can create the content. Uh, maybe you're doing short form videos. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to learning in this space for me still, and that's why we're hiring consultants and learning about it. But my hope is you start recognizing what average activity is and why you're not getting great results. So it's less frustrating because you're like, of course, that's going to be what happens. Yeah. Versus going into a more targeted approach, which is where tomorrow, and this is what we do in our event, we spend a lot of time on this. We use targeted strategies, meaning if you can go out there and find one idea and you know the people it helps, yeah, isn't that much more effective than saying, I'm going to have a bunch of random ideas and hope I bump into the right person? Right. And so my challenge for you guys is you look at this new year, because I'm with you. Let's get more clients. Let's get more of the right clients. That does right. make a lot of things easier. Tomorrow, make sure that you're going after specific people with specific ideas. And we teach a lot about this. If you haven't been to our live event, we have an event coming in April sign up. We'll spend a day and a half with you teaching you this. Please stop hoping that you just bump into people and your business is going to go where you want it to. We need to reject that today. So tomorrow, start finding specific ideas and going after specific people with those ideas. That should be the baseline of prospecting in our industry. Right. As you get better at that, you're going to start realizing, okay, I know there's a bunch of these people here. I, I might not be able to meet with each one of them, but what's what's something more at scale I can create to benefit that group of people? Yeah. As opposed to one-on-one now, you might be going after a group of 50 or 200 in your area. And then where we are now is we're growing to say, well, we think we can actually do that across the country. But there's a bigger spin. There's more ad. But it's it's grown with the success of it. I'm not jumping to the end. Mm-hmm. And so I hope everyone listening can just pause, evaluate your prospecting process. And if you're stuck, if you're like Sten Andy, I, I think I have an elite-level prospecting. It's just not working. Email us. Call us. Like we, we will quickly be able to, and this happens in our community all the time, call out average yeah, and say, if you keep doing that, you're going to keep getting this result. But what if you do it this way? Have you ever thought about that? The caveat is the harder way is usually the right way. It's going to take more time. You're going to have to develop more skills or you can just keep doing what you're doing now because it's barely working maybe. Yeah. But we've rejected that and we say there's a much better way to prospect and it's more intentional. It's just adding value first. Yeah. So I want to offer a resource, um, for those who are listening, we'll put a link in the show notes to this. Um, it's stenmorgan.com slash targeting. stenmorgan.com slash targeting. That'll give you um, uh, our targeting strategies, really flow and guide, which will help you begin to actually write out what are the ideas, who are the people who know those ideas better than me that I can use as an idea partner that can help me essentially become an expert in this. And then who are the people I want to target how do I want to target them? It's a very, very systematic method of really leveling up your prospecting. And for you know, for lack of a better term, it takes it from that sort of shotgun approach mm-hmm. of just going that general direction. You know, I heard something over there mm-hmm. versus more of that sniper. Like I, I see it and I, I, I know where I'm going, I know what I'm 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 shooting for. And um that that will that will help you move to that elite level because, again, if if someone is batting 250, you do not improve your average by just taking more bats. Like you're just going to keep batting 250. 
You have to get better, that's right. right? And that's what we want to help you get better. Some of those more advanced ones, yes, these are things we talk about in our community because uh, you know, we're talking with individual, Jared, our coach is talking with individual advisors about, hey, what's your passion? Okay, could you create a resource around this? Who are your three idea partners? You can help develop that content. Those are the kind of in-depth things we talk about within our community. Um, but yeah, if you want to get called out, uh, Jared has a military background. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he'll, he'll listen to you for a little bit, but eventually like, you got to have your blind spots called out. And, and a lot of that for advisors is their activity and how they are prospecting. Right. It, it is it is so average and, and frustrating, and I lived it. So when I hear an advisor doing it, I was like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember doing that yeah. exact same thing. Yeah. And so tomorrow, download that guide and start prospecting this way because it is it is the only way you will ever do it. And you will look back and say, I can't believe I wasted so much time because a specific idea to a specific group that you know solves their problem, the goal after that is just how many times can I do that thing? Right. Not is this going to work? Right. And I want to encourage you with this. I want you to go to that guide, download it. And when you start to do things that way, it, it, it is harder in the sense that you have to make sure you find that group versus like, I'm just going to go in the general direction. But imagine going from, if you talk to 100 people, 20 of them might want to have a conversation with you, to you knowing that of the 100 people, you can help 99 of them, right? I mean, what are your chances of, 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 of getting a client that way. that That's the shift. Yeah, and right? there's more confidence when you talk to those people because you know it's not guessing. It's not, is this conversation going to go sideways? It, it's a much better experience and a much better outcome. The, the struggle or the obstacle is advisors adopting it because it is it's just much more intentional than anything we've been taught. And, and the good news is once you experience it, you'll never go back. 